Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Good day. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, trying to get you to retirement one day at a time. In good years and bad years, no doubt 2022 is feeling pretty miserable, huh? But how good did 2021 and 2020, and how good have you felt most of your investing career? Mark, it was up seven out of 10 years. It's been a good 10 years. It's been a good 20 years. It's not been a good six months. NASDAQ had a good day yesterday. The S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average all up about eight-tenths of 1%. You got that bleak target warning or the bleak warning from target. I don't know which one am I supposed to say. Um, but what target said is they're going to lower prices. They have the wrong inventory. They've got hoodies and fleeces, things that people wanted while they're staying in from the pandemic. They have... Uh, exercise gear. Now they want to get party dresses and things that people can be more social with. So they're going to slash prices to move inventory. They're still going to make money. They're going to make less money. They're going to try to get the right inventory for the only important season in retail, Christmas. That's the one where companies make or break their year. So I'm not against what they did. And ultimately, the Federal Reserve is going to start seeing some retail numbers come in where people are buying things that are discounted, not inflationary. So there's some, so there's some news here that we feel like we're seeing peak job openings in the United States, peak employment, and we're starting to see a little bit of peak inflation. So if Wall Street works the way I think it does, in six months from now, we'll start seeing that real data on inflation come down. We should recover. We should put in a bottom soon. Can't tell you if it's be today. Can't tell you if it was two weeks ago. It's not the way the game's played. Staring down a huge inventory glut is always a problem because uh, you can imagine, right? If you've got winter jackets and it's spring, no one wants going to buy this the store for winter jackets today. So you got to cut prices. Target, Gap, Walmart, and others have scrambled stock shelves early in the pandemic. When we had the supply chain disruption, a lot of people would say, hey, I want that hot toy. And China and Asia would say, we can't manufacture that hot toy. Sorry, the factory's such a hot toy. No, don't have that one. Third hot toy. And they didn't sell well. So they're still on the shelves. Think of that with clothing. Think of that with cars. During the pandemic, did you go to buy a car? And they're like, oh, sorry, we're jacking up the price because we have, you know, we have what you want. And they're just not making them fast enough. So cutting down on the price is good. Also, I think Target's telling us yesterday that prices are discouraging people from shopping. And that's discouraging companies from like Target from hitting their earnings. And they have to move product. Just throw that down there for you. 
never thought I'd ever say this in my life. Matthew McConaughey. All right. All right. All right. He calls on for gun reform while at the White House. A native of Uvalde, Texas, gave an emotional speech begging him lawmakers take steps to curb gun violence in the wake of Prague elementary shooting. He mentioned that the green Converse sneakers belong to one of the children victims were the only way they could identify the body. It's a pretty rough day. Keep in mind, McConaughey was once thinking about running for governor of Texas, but decided not to. Probably a pretty good choice. The EU did something interesting yesterday, as the EU is wont to do. They voted yesterday to standardize charging ports across small electronics like phones, cameras, and tablets. They voted to standardize charging ports across phones, cameras, and tablets. They don't like that Apple's got this lightning thing. And everyone else is using USB. Pretty much so everyone else is using USB. And Apple's making billions on the courts. So Apple is going to be most affected by this ruling. They will have until autumn 2024 to make iPhones and iPads USB-C compatible. A shift that's already in the works. The goals of the policy are to save consumers money and cut down on the 11,000 tons of e-waste European citizens throw out every year. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Are you like, I want whatever product I want? Or should we standardize? I remember... I want to say 20, 25 years ago, 20 years ago in California, they did this wonky thing where they're like, uh, we want TVs to use less power. We want appliances to use less power. And a lot of Californians were like, um, I want a TV that has speakers in it. I want a booming sound for my TV. I want a bigger TV. I want a louder TV. I want to be more colorful. And people were really freaked out. And then we just kind of came to accept it. Will that be the USB situation? In a bit of dumb news from around the world, the International Skating Union raised the minimum age for the most high-level figure skating competitions to 17, trying to focus on teenagers' mental health and physical health. There was a lot of drama, if you remember, from Russia. And I know you're saying, oh, we know about the drama with Russia. Oh, no, no. no. Do you remember the ice skating drama, not the invading Ukraine drama, where a 15-year-old girl broke down on TV after she was exposed for a, a doping scandal? Probably my worst fear, if I had a daughter, would for her to have her breakdown on TV. Just throwing that out there for you. Taco Bell's experimenting. I love Taco Bell because it's probably the worst food on the planet. And yet we talk a lot about them because they're appealing to the demographics of the millennials. Millennials ones with any sort of fire sauce, spicy sauce, zesty sauce, Baja Blast, Mexican pizza. So what Taco Bell is trying to do at this point in time, they've got this really wild drive through uh, a two-story uh, restaurant. They've got a great app. They're doing what they can to be relevant to millennials because they don't care about me. They care about people that are like, hey, I got two bucks in my pocket. Let's go get something. Mr. Beast, he's a popular YouTuber. He's pretty entertaining. He built a replica of Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory and held a competition for $500,000 cash. 
the last time he did this, he did a he built a replica of the Squid Game set. And it racked up 17 million views in a day. It was crazy how many people will watch YouTube. Story there. My kids probably watch 90% of their TV on YouTube, TikTok. My kids came up to me yesterday. You know what I like about YouTube? They got YouTube shorts. They got YouTube live. They got YouTube TV. They got YouTube uh, music. They got. And I was like, I didn't really, I just thought it was YouTube. I, I, I knew about those other terms, but I didn't think they meant much to you. And he really likes the brand. When I was growing up, the best brand on television was considered NBC for like young boys. And ABC had $6 million man. So that was kind of one. CBS had the old people's news. Those were the brands I grew up with. He's grown up with YouTube. Why do I like Google Sock? Believe it or not, it's not search. It's YouTube. It's where the eyeballs are. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Let's talk a little gas prices. Gas prices are moving higher. And if you take a look at any sort of financial media right now, the expectation is for gas prices to move higher all summer long. Should you invest in an oil company now? I think there is a case that you could because here's the problem. If Russia stops Ukraine, it's going to look like a bad decision. Russia doesn't stop Ukraine. If the just um, when I say stop Ukraine, I probably should say if the conflict goes on versus not go on. If it stops, oil prices will drop, but it's still going to have the problem of shipping, logistics, manufacturing, demand for product. One of the reasons oil moves higher is demand for product, and when you have to fire up the factory. So oil prices are pretty interesting. I find people are pretty angry about their post on social media. There was a cute one going around that wasn't that cute, but it was cute enough to go, that's cute. But then you go, no, it really wasn't that cute. Where a woman is at a gas station and she's talking to a police officer and said, she goes, I got robbed. And the police officer says, do you know who did it? And she goes, pump number two. And it's okay. See, it's cute, but not that cute, right? About half the price of a gallon of gas comes from oil, and oil prices have been lingering near their highest level since 2008 because of short supply and soaring demand. After getting burned in the 2020, uh, when economies around the world shut down and oil demand plunged, oil producers have been very slow to ramp up. Basically, we, I don't want to use the word, uh, it's got a dirty connotation to it. Uh, Basically, we left the oil companies high and dry in 2020. And we go, oh, so bad for you. Uh, world is shutting down. We don't need your oil. Goodbye. We'll talk to you later. I know your whole economy depends on oil, but Vita Zane, bye. And then we go, okay, we're opening back up. We need that oil again. And the oil producers are rightfully going, wait, 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 wait. You don't exactly protect us on the downside. You expect us to buffer you on the upside. So there's a... OPEC, the Organization of Petroleum Countries. If you think of them as a cartel, it helps. Um, 
they've got supply and they control a large part of it in the world. If, it, if Intel or if NVIDIA and AMD were to get together and call themselves the graphic processing unit cartel, and they said, we're only going to sell 1 million GPUs this year, the going price would go from $100 to a million. Could you blame them? Well, yeah, because they don't need to do that. But then again, you get start getting into ethics of yours being put onto the ethics of a company. Refining breaks down crude oil into products we use every day. On average, U.S. refineries produce 42-gallon, I'm sorry, refineries on average from a 42-gallon barrel of crude oil comes about to about 19 to 20 gallons of gasoline. 11 to 13 gallons of distillate fuel, which is used for diesel, and three to four gallons of jet fuel. So when you see those big oil drums, that's going to make about 20 gallons of gas, 12 gallons of diesel, and four gallons of jet fuel. That's it? That's it? Think of how much uh, fuel your jet burns when you're flying, right? Consumers see quoted as the price of oil. Refineries then transform that oil into products and sell those. Refineries' prices on those fuels are closer to what consumers pay. So we have a shortage of refineries. Do you know why? California is a big, 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 big consumer of oil. We don't want pipelines and we don't want refineries. There's a refinery across the bay, I think in Richmond. The Chevron refinery, no one likes it. It's like, oh, look at the pollution. That can't be good for the bay. Starfish dead, starfish dead. Let's blame, like we get kind of pissy about our, our refinery. So we don't have a lot of refining capacity. You want to cut down the price of energy, increase the number of refineries, increase more pipelines. Is the general convention on Wall Street yeah, you could probably get into, well, pipelines kill caribou. I get it. I'm not getting that argument. Um, refineries are hit by bad weather because they tend to be in some of the uh, lower income states in the South. Because again, higher income states are like, we don't want them in our state. And also the South is right pretty darn close to the Gulf of Mexico. And the Gulf of Mexico is pretty much so where we get a lot of oil. So all of this, including Russia and Ukraine, has led to less refining capacity. It's not the big oil companies. It's the refining that's killing us right now. The difference between the purchase price of crude oil and the selling price of finished products, the so-called crack spread, sits about $6.54, a record high. The crack spread is seen as an indicator of the short-term profit margins for oil refineries. Why don't we try to build more refineries? If they're so profitable right now, because usually they're not. With the push to electric vehicles, many companies may not believe the demand will be there. It takes many months of planning and work and money to start one up. It's been being shut down for years. It's like Europe suddenly over the summer, no, over the spring, over the late winter. They started seeing the problems with Russia and Ukraine. And they're like, you know, all those nuclear factories we shut down, we may want to start those back up. It's possible. But it takes time. Same thing with refineries. Oh, it's a mess. In other news, uh, let's take a look at the Costco. Costco yeah. 
will Costco run into the same problems Target is running into? I got an email on that. Costco could get around it. Different types of inventory. Uh, bloated inventory is what's the problem at Target. Retailers make mistakes. Target management got it wrong with what they ordered because there was low supply. Some headwinds like rising transportation costs are nearly universal in the industry. But is Lululemon the same thing as Target? Probably not. Is Macy's the same thing as Target? Nope. How about Athletica? Um, or the, the Lululemon, Athletica, the companies are specifically tied to specialty retail? Anyway, it's a it's a dilemma. It's a prisoner's dilemma at this point in time. Dollar General, Dollar Tree can thrive. Costco can thrive as well. I don't know. We're just talking out loud, figuring out more about money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Let's try to get some uh, focus today. Um, my spouse has COVID right now, so I'm kind of doing double duty in the last week of school, getting my kids prepped and off to school means the show's not as spit polished as usual. That may be a good thing. It may fall on deaf ears. Um, let's get some headlines. This is Scott's Miracle Grow. I know you're saying, is that a stock? It is. It's down 13% today after the maker of lawn and garden care products lowered its 2022 guidance. Now, what's that all about? Do you know what's really interesting about Scott's Miracle Grow? It tends to do very well when the news cycle, whatever news you follow, starts talking about the state of New York is going to start legalizing cannabis. As soon as you start hearing about states or governments or countries or uh, recreational, any headline news towards marijuana being more open for people to acquire. And Scott's Miracle Grow does well. It was a COVID place. People took better care of their yards as people were partying at home versus out in public. Uh, Just throwing that down there. I thought that's kind of one of those interesting, oh yeah, that is a stock. And it's not a stock I would ever own. Not because the financials just, just doesn't hit my radar. Solid power makes progress with new battery technology. This is going to be one of the next big breakthroughs that's going to create billionaires. I'm not so much looking at crypto i'm much more so looking at technology breakthroughs um i can quantify them a lot easier we're all going to skin the cat differently poor cat right but solid power tier symbol sl sldp i get a lot of emails on they're an electric vehicle battery maker they were up seven percent yesterday They announced a pilot line to produce its solid-state batteries. A pilot manufacturing plant generally refers to a small facility designed to work out the technology and the manufacturing kinks. They're they're getting closer to paying for factories to make the product. Solid-state refers to a battery with no liquid in it to facilitate the flow of electricity. Solid-state batteries represent a potential improvement over current technology that promises more range, faster charging, better safety, and lower costs. That sounds pretty good to me. One of the things I can tell you about electric vehicles is they're a little bit misleading. When you hear about a Tesla having a 300-mile range, eh, 
if you drive over 65, it's more like a 180 mile range. If you're running uh, air conditioning, it's more like 160 mile range. So it's, I'm just throwing that out there for you because you're charging more often than you think. Um, and I've heard some grumblings from some friends who have Teslas that they're pretty pissed and they want to trade them in because the self-driving doesn't really self-drive. And how do you get away with that kind of BS marketing? But back to the batteries, because we need better batteries. There's two big players, in my opinion, solid power and QuantumScape, very speculative companies. They may or may not have the technology that changes the battery driving landscape. I'd rather look at them than cryptocurrency. I'd rather pay attention to them when the market's down. Are they down 10%, 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%, 60%, 60%? Knowing that if I were to ever put an investment dollar into it and they're losing money, that they could go bankrupt. And if they go bankrupt, the stock goes to zero. So I know a lot going in before I play the story or even think about the story. So a battery with no liquid, so it doesn't have to facilitate the flow of electricity. Okay, okay, I'm, I, I can dig that. I built a battery when I was in seventh grade. I don't think I want a science project, but in my head, I probably deserved one because it was pretty darn cool to make a battery in a science class. Solid power is encouraged by taking the next step towards manufacturing and basically an automotive quality. How do I say this? They need the automakers to say, that qualifies for what we want and we're going to certify it. There's kind of a working together relationship before you go into manufacturing. Over the coming quarters, you're going to see more of these plants start coming to operation. Will that affect Tesla? Yeah. Can Tesla rip off the technology or simulate it or, or you know, go in a different direction themselves? Absolutely. Solid power and QuantumScape are down for the year. I like it when speculative stocks are down. If I were to ever own one of these names, and I do not own these names, if I could buy when they're down, I would get maybe two stock, two shares. And if it rallied, I would sell some of the shares. In large part, take a speculative trade as well as a speculative position. And if it were to go lower, I would consider buying more if that's what my portfolio needed. My portfolio doesn't need a lot of aggressive right now. I don't consider myself a gambler. You don't see me in a movie line like ever say to the lady, like, I'm a gambler by nature. I'm not. Um, I'm very calculated. I like lists. Lists are my favorite thing in the world. I like lists of lists. That's how much I like lists. And I even like lisps. Um, speech impediments. I think they're, they're, they're awesome. Lists and lisps. How about a list of lisps? Say this enough and you're going to lose your mind just so you know. So QuantumScape stock seems to be benefiting from Solid Power's announcement more so than Solid Power shares. They're both companies that I've read the annual reports on. So I've done some homework on them. That's all I'm saying. I don't own any shares. But I'm more interested in the breakthrough technologies on batteries than the breakthrough technologies on Dogecoin or Shinu Ibu. Um, now that we're starting to see digital assets can 
potentially be taxed as commodities, it's starting to make a little bit more sense to how I would go about investing. Disney gets a price target cut amidst skepticism on the streaming industry. Okay. Um, I still like Disney for the long term. I've heard nothing but really good things about Kenobi. As a 50-year-old man, Obi-Wan Kenobi was probably my screen icon, my screen legend, my my screen like, wow. When I was 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, Sir Alec Guinness was all that in a bucket of chicken. So Disney's getting a, a downgrade based on, it looks like Disney's really competing with Netflix. And Kenobi, they're saying great things about there. You're saying he's a more sad character than even Darth Vader because he was in love with someone and then the evil Jedi killed her and he was going to leave the Jedis to help her. And I don't, I don't know the whole story. I don't know the whole story, but he's a pretty good character in literature. Um, but it, streaming's out of favor right now. I would feel more bad for Paramount than I do for Disney. Paramount doesn't. Well, they got Top Gun. Um, Disney Plus and Netflix are basically the survivors. I would like to see Netflix make a relationship with someone. Maybe it's an equity stake in Spotify. Maybe it's an equity stake in Tidal. Um, one of the MP3 players or one of the music players out there. Is how much of my day is music and television? And maybe even a sports network, right? I watched uh, Stranger Things season four. And let me just say episode four, the last 10 minutes. Epic. Epic. Song from my childhood, Kate Bush is running up that hill. Uh, comes out in a TV show that my kids love. And I'm like, I used to, oh, I'll just shut up. <clears throat> anyway, so Disney's going to downgrade right now based on fears that shows like Kenobi cost a lot of money. Now, the next show coming out is a Captain Marvel, which I don't know comic books. So please forgive me, comic book nerds. But this time it's a teenager. It's not the female Brie Larson. It's not a big screen. It's a teenage girl. So the next set of shows to hit Disney are way cheaper than Kenobi. Now, the whole Kenobi canon will be in my library for years and years and years to come. Let me give a quick example. The reason I went with Apple iTunes years and years and years and years, years ago, years and years ago, was I was tired of buying movies on Amazon or Netflix, or I was tired of uh, VHS. I was like, I'm just going to buy them on iTunes. So I've got all the Star Wars ones. And Apple does this really cool things that if it's ever upgraded to 4K, they upgrade it with you kind of thing. So I've got a, a, a 12 and no, I got a 13 and 11 year old. That's what I have. Um, I'm officially old. When they were of movie age, six, seven, eight years ago. And that's just the point in time where the new trilogy started to come out. I was like, we got to watch the first six movies, kids. And I'm like, well, first six movies? I'm like, yeah, I paid for these because I knew one day you were going to be born and you're going to want to watch these. So Disney has a lot of content that becomes, um, it ages well. Let me give you another example. I used to say this about uh, the CEO of Disney 20 years ago was a guy named Michael Eisner. And so that Eisner is great. Kid falls off an amusement, uh, a roller coaster, gives the kid a stuffed plush doll. He's just an evil businessman 20 years ago. That was my image of Disney. But even more importantly, 
that, that Eisner has been keeping that Cinderella locked in a dungeon for 70 years. And he keeps rolling her out every couple of years and get it on DVD, get it on Blu-ray max, get it on a high speed laser. They've got a cast of intellectual property characters that age really, really well. That's probably the power of Disney. I'll take that long-term over the cost of streaming short-term. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. One of the things I do aggressively is read. Um, I would say that I'm not smarter than you. I would say that I out-research you. I grew up overseas in areas where I was the minority being an English speaker. I didn't have a lot of friends who spoke English. Most of my friends spoke other languages like Greek, Turkish, Germany, German. Um, so I learned to read a lot. It's, I think, a skill set in this day and age. Um, I pay for high quality research. It's probably the difference between me and the average person. I lost a friendship last year when she got really, really mad at me. <laughs> Because she sent me an email about how she's like, oh, doing investing just like me and how she had just bought Bitcoin and how she had just bought AMC and GameStop. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not like me at all. And I might have referred to her as kind of stupid on air. Financially stupid is what I, I meant to say if I didn't say it. Read. That's the best thing I can tell you. Pay for quality research. Don't do your research by watching CNBC for 10 minutes. That's not. That doesn't count. I used to say this, and I, I kind of don't like saying it anymore, but you'll, you'll get the gist when I do. I look at CNBC as financial porn. It's just, it, it, there's not a lot of depth of the relationship there. Like Bloomberg a little bit more when you get to talk to someone like a Tom Keen, and you spend 20, 25 years following the same person, and you kind of understand his reporting style. You may not like it completely every day. It's like some days you probably listen to sports radio and hear all the husky voiced men go, yeah. Oh man, you got to track that ball. You got to track that ball. Some days you're in the mood for it. Some days you're not, but you got to find good content that has some sort of relationship with you. So that's one of the reasons I pay for research. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about mortgage demand falls to the lowest level in 22 years. We're seeing rising rates and slowing home sales. The housing market should be peaking for the short term. In cities that have very limited inventory, it'll still continue to go higher. But qualifying for a mortgage is a big part of that whole relationship on mortgages. Not necessarily the people who are buying the homes are getting mortgages, but they're help bidding up the homes uh, that they're not getting. And the people who with stocks and people with cash are getting the home. But if you take out the, the extra bids, you, you kind of, you get the idea. Home prices should go sideways. That's what I always like to say. I don't like saying down, but they should digest their recent push. Am I right or am I wrong? Doesn't matter. I'm not making a, a decision based on my own opinion there. I'm not like, oh boy, if homes are going to go sideways, I'm selling my vacation home and I'm selling my, my home. I'm going to have the children live in cardboard boxes and wait for that 20% dip. Then we're going to buy more and we're going to have 20% more at the same exact price. Woohoo! Ten-year treasuries above 3% yet again, which reminds me, I haven't looked at the stock market today. Keep in mind, I've got a sick member in the family with COVID right now, and I'm doing double duty as a dad. Um, 
and I haven't looked at the stock market yet today. Usually I get to that a little bit, maybe 20 minutes ago. Uh, 10-year treasury. Okay, okay, okay. I'm liking what I'm seeing. I, I can digest this. SP 500 and the Dow are down very, very little. The NASDAQ's up one-third of 1%. Gold is playing with 1857. That's been getting in the news a little bit more with a strong dollar. Uh, 10-year treasury sits at 3%. Now, again, anything over 3%, I feel Wall Street's kind of struggling to like grind higher. So if we go sideways for a little bit, that's kind of a grind. That's what I would like to see here. Most of the stocks that I own and talk about on the show are slightly up today. It's not material. It feels like a summer day rally where there's not enough volume to say, oh, this is conviction. Uh, But again, summer's a funky time because volume goes down on Wall Street. Fund legend Peter Lynch, who I once interviewed on this show. He was the most disappointing interview I've ever had. I'll have to think about this and do a show about my interviews. I got to interview Bill Clinton on there, which was pretty cool. He wanted to promote some sort of foundation, and I wanted to promote that I could talk to a president or ex-president of the United States. I was like, cool. Um, Kelly Ripa was a guest on this show. And it's really weird because I don't, I, I don't know her. I don't follow her. I don't know who she's married to. I don't know what TV show she's been on other than Kelly Ripa live with whatever in the morning. I was nervous having her on. And then what I kind of learned is it stinks having guests on because a lot of times my producer is calling them right before and they're not picking up and they say, oh, I didn't know you were West Coast time. And that's like, that's why I really wrote 7 a.m. PST. Um so I just kind of stopped the whole guest thing unless they're really, really good at what they do. But Peter Lynch was known for stock picking. He was known for running Magellan, uh, Magellan Fund at Fidelity. It compounded annual growth between 1977 and 1990 at 29%. If you bought in and held, you did well. Sadly, what most people did would they would buy high and sell low. So he told me most people lost money in my fund. <clears throat> Um, far more money, his quote is, far more mo- <clears throat> Peter Lynch, one of the greatest investors of all time, quote, far more money has been lost by investors trying to anticipate corrections and lost in corrections themselves. I agree with that. He, that's called opportunity cost. And I'm mostly invested right now. I still have a big chunk of cash, but it's less than 10%. And that's only because I sold a home last year and I've been methodical about putting it to work. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll talk soon.